Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. Today is Season 2, Episode 10. Is it permissive to be dismissive? Welcome to another episode of Amplified Marriage. I'm Natalie. And I'm Brian. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you've heard us say this a thousand times. Grab a coffee, grab a tea, get comfy and cozy because we're ready to have a chat today. In case you missed our last episode, it was all about transparency, all That's about right. no secrets in marriage. Uh, it was a very good episode just about being open and honest and how you talk your way through things in your marriage. Right. If you didn't have a chance to listen, just go back, take a listen now. It is so good. Today, we are talking about invalidation. Yep. And this is a, a bit of a tough subject. Uh, the reason being is that as we were preparing and studying for it, I realized that my, my default setting has been in the past mm -hmm. to quickly invalidate how you're feeling. Yeah. Uh, and... Because the way I am is that feelings are secondary to fact. To fact. Yep. And so, it, it that that's not to say that my my emotions don't I don't have emotions or I'm not flared or my I don't get angry or I right. don't get sad. This is that when I'm processing through situations, Natalie comes at it oftentimes with an emotional standpoint, and I come at it from a logical standpoint. Yep. Um, and I I don't I'm not really an analyzer. But I realized that every when we were going through this, that the first fifteen years, up to maybe even to like two, three, four years ago, yeah, every time you had not every time, I wouldn't say every time. I think every time that's like that's like pretty broad, right? But I would invalidate what you're feeling by saying you shouldn't feel that way, or why do you feel that way, and just push that, uh, yeah, and look at all the facts as as if the facts are going to somehow change how you feel about it. Exactly. I think one of the most common statements was, I just don't get why you feel like that. And I think I say that now, but I say it differently. I'm like, I don't understand. But at, I think we're at that place in our marriage where I don't really need to understand. I just need to like actually address the fact. Hey, you need to acknowledge. Absolutely. You're feeling this way. I may not get it. Yeah. But I, and I think now that I'm a bit more mature and a little bit more emotionally aware and I have more emotional intelligence, I may understand, yeah. but I can see why yeah. you're feeling that way. So, And I think... You might be listening and, and thinking, oh, goodness, like my spouse does this all the time. The reason why we bring up these topics, I mean, yes, is to draw awareness Absolutely. to some of the problem areas in your marriage. But it's also for you to take a hard look at yourself. Because as much as you invalidated, um, so did I. Right? Like it wasn't just a one-way street. No, 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 for we sure. We both contributed to this kind of communication. Which it's a bit of a black hole. It really is. As we start to dig down, I'm like, oh. Um, and it's incredibly abusive. And so no one wants to identify with being an abuser in a relationship. <laughs> like right? honestly, no one wants to be labeled that. However, this kind of attitude and it can be verbal and it most definitely can be nonverbal is highly emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And so um, I loved, I came across an article written by Jenny Chang and it's in a um, 
It's on a website called regain.us. And I thought she really uh, defined what psychological invalidation actually is. So she says, it causes serious psychological damage. Not only does it create emotional distance, conflict, violence, and disruption in relationships, but the recipient feels alienated, confused, inferior, worthless, problematic. They think that to be loved, they need to hide their feelings. Wow. And I think as, you know, as we're talking with couples in, you know, like towards, because I mean, we've been married for 19 and a half years, so maybe not in our earlier years, but as more of late, as we're chatting with people, it's it's really obvious when you can identify and own, hey, this is like, we're all too familiar with some of these and what right. uh, what yeah. we've said to each other and what we've n- said non-verbally to each other. It's it's a real problem. Right. And and here's, here's even what I touched on it earlier. Validation doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with everything Natalie's feeling. Right. That's their reality. And there's a, a term. That's, and we're not asking you to agree. No, no. But that's yeah. their subjective reality. Validation simply allows the other person's emotions in that moment to actually be a thing. And be in a safe place to exist. I think that's key. And this is the thing now is if I think back, I wasn't a safe place in no. that. Really, I wasn't. Because no. You didn't know what you're going to get. 50-50% of the time, 50-50, I'm going to just invalidate it. And the other chance, I'm just going to own it and be like, oh, right. you're right. Because a healthy relationship, remember, we've touched on this so many times, is is each party contributing to the vulnerability. Right. So I'm willing to open up that part of me and expecting that you're going to open that part of you back to me and when it's 100% 100% exactly and and where that gets skewed is when the one person is trying to be vulnerable about how they're feeling about a certain situation right and then the spouse or the partner belittling that right yeah and it's really tough so we've said this before as well Everyone wants to be fully known yep. and fully loved. That's right. And the problem with being a consistent invalidator in the relationship is that you're making the other person feel so less than themselves because yeah. you're telling them, the person they trust the most, that what they're feeling is incorrect because of the way you think it is. Oh, it's so <laughs> sneaky. It, it, it can is. be so sneaky. What happens when we invalidate um and and get into that pattern of being the recipient of that right um you end up compromising right core right. pieces of who you are in order to fit in or in order to fit someone else's definition of where your emotional state could be or so should he, be so here's a question that we did not prepare for that just occurred to me so in those moments when i was belittling your feelings and invalidating everything that you were feeling in that moment. Did it become second nature to you to try and say things a certain way so I wouldn't respond in that way? Did you try and tailor how you responded to me or tailor how you um, would give me news or tailor how we would talk about feelings or anything like that? Would, would, Would what I would say change how you approached me on things hoping that you would fit into more my way of thinking or so you wouldn't have to feel my wrath because I was invalidating what you were doing or being Um, angry that you felt that way or 
No, I would not say that I tailored how I asked, but what that did do um, was make me feel like I was absolutely crazy. And, and this kind of uh, um, psychological, emotional abuse makes the recipient feel as though they are absolutely crazy, that there's right. something wrong with them. Yeah. So you would, you would say a comment like, I just don't get how you feel like that. Like, so right there, you're telling me how I'm feeling. There's something wrong with me for feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And because you don't get it, there's, again, something wrong with me if I am not clear it's it's almost like a a bit of a um like an ego thing for me then if you think about it well, it's, I it's, guess it's a bit like an ego so how can my opinion is more than yours so how can you feel the way that you do that's right and because you don't feel the way that I want you to feel yeah um you're wrong you're wrong Oof. and it's it's you can see how this is a slippery slope for people Boy, is it ever. so after like time and time again of trying to express my emotional side and be vulnerable in that way to you and your response to me was that or your response to me was i think you're overreacting i think you're just being too sensitive i think you need to uh you didn't say these words but that attitude of you know put your big girl pants on now (laughs) you never uh, let me clarify you never said those exact words but probably thought but your um the tone and what you did say sort of implied and even my actions because um, invalidation isn't just the words that you say, right? It's also about the, the nonverbal cues, like That's the right. rolling or shaking, shaking your head. I used to do that all the time. Yes. And it used and, to drive you bananas. And sometimes it still creeps back in and I just want to pummel you because it's so <laughs> disrespectful and it's so, um, it's so dismissive. Right. Which and is right what we're talking about. So the nonverbal was like shake your head, just even a little bit, uh, rolling your eyes, ignoring or just going right to your phone. The phone Ugh. back when we were early dating, yeah. the phone really wasn't much of an issue. Because no, because it really wasn't a That's how old we are, listeners. <laughs> that's how old we are. Is that right? we didn't have cell phones to distract ourselves from an argument. Okay, but you don't need a cell phone because the silent treatment is oh. is right in there as well. Don't go there, we'll get there. Right. Okay. So back to the question. After a while of having that be your default setting towards me, yeah, yeah. There, I would be fit, like enraged inside. And so here's how that pattern plays out. Yeah. I'm being vulnerable. You're saying pretty much you're an idiot for feeling like that without yeah. saying those yeah. exact words. Now, I'm frustration is mounting mm-hmm. and I'm getting angry at the fact that you are not hearing what I'm saying. And anger fuels the abuser. And so as I was getting angry, it seemed to um, further that whole thing of, holy crap, you are, Hmm. like you are crazy. Like how you're feeling is crazy. Look at you acting like that. Look at you yelling now. Do you see what I mean? How it's a slippery slope. Had... Had you just heard what I was saying, you don't have to agree with what I'm saying, or you don't even have to agree with what I'm feeling because it's a different emotional state than True. where you currently are. But you need to at least validate, hey, I hear you. I hear That's what really you're good. saying. And I think th- one of the roots, and I, and I think, how do we, I think the root of this is that you're just being selfish. Yeah. And you lack empathy for like the whole, you remember how you're in middle school and you're like, Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. How would some? How would you feel if that were your situation? 
And I think in this particular abusive, dismissive mindset, you are not operating in a state of empathy. No, no, no. You're definitely not. You're not putting your your partner's feelings ahead of your own. You're putting yours ahead of theirs. You're putting your need to be right. Yeah, oftentimes. And, and now I can I can say that looking back, that when I approached you, I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And so I can say that I wasn't doing it to be malicious. I was doing it out of ignorance, which doesn't excuse it in any way, shape, or form. Because right. we were around people eventually in our life that mm-hmm. didn't do that, right? Like, and we had good yeah. models, and we had good pastors around us, and really, really close friends. That didn't that didn't excuse my behavior. No, but I knew one way, and that's what I stuck with for a long time. That's right. And so I wasn't ever doing it out of maliciousness, but I was doing it out of um, the lack of maturity, and straight up, it is a selfish thing because yeah. I want to be. Not just right, but I also want to be like, I was trying to, like, in that I was saying, I was trying to say, hey, why are you feeling that way? And here's why you shouldn't. And it yes, was more you were pres- trying to invalidate my feelings because they were different than yours. Yes. And instead yeah. of just acknowledging your feelings and be like, man, that's a really good perspective, which is so much easier now that we've been older and I'm wiser and we've been married for a long time. And right. like, I oftentimes have situations that we go into that I'm like, I need your perspective on this before I actually make a decision yep. because of how valid, how what you see versus what I see, what you're feeling versus what I'm feeling. It's a different place now. Yes. But man, it has the potential just to crush and destroy relationships. I'm shocked thinking back after we've been studying is just to be like, how did we even survive some of this? Well, I'm... That's a really good question. I mean, it's... it's (laughs) Thank you, Lord. it's It's been a marathon road to get to where we are at now. But I was just going to say, oftentimes it's good intentions. Mm. Yeah, that, so like, it wasn't it's malicious. Not, it's not now, and there are times where it's just downright malicious and, and manipulative. But abuse doesn't always, and I know that sometimes, you know, um, no one wants to identify this as a form of abuse because we mm-hmm. see abuse as like physically violent. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you don't have to be physically violent in order to be abusive. You right. can be mentally abusive and this all ties into that Um, this is emotional abuse um anyone who's had a narcissistic encounter uh knows very well what we're talking about because it is that emotional abuse it's that it's that state of you of putting you the victim in a place of questioning your own reality right and it's so evil and it's so wrong now having said that if you are the person who is the perpetrator who this is your default setting, there is hope for you. And there is a place of being able to be restored, but it comes at a cost of you selfishly laying that down. Selflessly. Self, Yes, selflessly. <laughs> Let's clarify that. Selflessly acknowledging that that's what you do. Right. And, and that's so, a really tough place to get to. So there's five statements or five... Um, well, there's more. There's more, but we're going to stick with five. That things that people that are invalidators um, say that you can be on the watch for uh, when you do this. And I just wanted to read this. Very, um, when you're actually working together, um, this is what it happens when you're not invalidating. You create an empathy, and that empathy creates a connection between the two people. 
because it happens as a result of the two people sharing that uh, shared emotional yeah. experience. You're working together on the same thing. And that's rather than the distance that is created by one person judging the other person's feelings. That's right. You immediately, immediately, immediately put up a wall when you invalidate someone's feelings. That's immediately. right. Immediately. That's right. And I mean, if if you enjoy just having a relationship with yourself, then I guess continue on that pattern. Right. But- I mean, God's called us to a place of oneness and openness. And right. you know, I my I should desire to know you at your deepest level. Right. And then we and we often listen with the intent to respond, not listen with the intent to understand. That's right. Right. And so it's not about forcing the other person to agree with your position. Perfect. It's not that that's, at all. That's perfectly it's said. It's just coming to an understanding of that empathy of putting, so putting myself in your shoes, if I'm like, well, I don't get how he's feeling like that. It's not a matter of trying to get it. And it's a matter of trying to understand, hey, if I could see why you would feel like that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not that I, I even feel the same things you feel. No. But I need to understand why you understand or That's why right. you feel that way. So the first one is at least it's not or it could be worse. Right. <laughs> this is a tough one because um, people that are fixers like myself, I'm a fixer. Yeah. I'm a solution-oriented, solution-driven um, and I always want to say things like, um, and I have said things in the past and, and my pastor, when I was kind of new to dealing with funerals, he said, you never, ever tell someone it's going to be all right, or it's going to be okay. You just say, Hey, we're here for you. Yeah. How right. can we, how, how can we support you? How can we support yeah. you? Or, but we're here for you because in that moment, they don't care that it's going to be all right a month from now. Yeah. Right. And so we say things like, uh, if someone you've suffered and someone said to us, to us when we had our first miscarriage, at least you're young, you can have another baby. Oh, and that was by our doctor, who was a Christian. And so... Who had the bedside manner, manner of, of a, a walnut. Yeah, I mean, was the worst. No one wants to hear... Yes, I understand that I was 24 years old and I was young. Um, and yes, right, like I get all the jargon. Yeah. But that just right there totally dismissed... Right. How I was feeling in the moment, and that was just utter devastation. Right. Or other things that we say, it could be worse. At least you didn't have any children with him when you're struggling in a relationship, and maybe you're facing a divorce. It could be worse. Maybe you you didn't have oh, any children. Geez. That's like the children worst. Children are are the issue here. It's uh, so right, and so you often marginalize the yeah. feelings uh, with statements that you say. And the again, statement- like. And these are probably coming from well-intended people. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That just in that moment don't know what to say. If you don't know what to say, then don't say anything like that. I mean, it sounds like the golden rule, but, uh, and if you have to say something in that state of not knowing what to say, then just be like, hey, I'm here for you. End of story. And sometimes I say to Natalie, different versions of it, but I'll be like, am I listening or am I fixing? Yes. And she'll just be like, "Are you? I just need you to listen. I'm yeah. like, okay, I can listen. And then sometimes afterwards I go into fixing mode. The second thing is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Oh, that is such an underhanded slap to the face and, of not owning responsibility right? and for here, things. And here's an illustration that we, we, we have. I want you as an experience to ask someone you know to pinch, to pinch your arm. And tell them that no matter what you do, the only response they should give you is, I'm sorry that you feel this way. Have them pinch you until it starts to hurt. Once the pain is irritated enough, tell that person, ouch, that really hurts. Await for their scripted reply. How did you feel? Did your pain dissipate by learning you were sorry you felt that way? 
Absolutely freaking not. Yeah. When you say this statement, I'm sorry, you feel that way. When you say that, even if it was well-intentioned, yep. that does not alleviate any frustration, any no. pressure, any pain, suffering that you're feeling yeah. in that moment. I remember several times where we would be in a disagreement and you'd be like, I'm sorry if I made you feel like that. Yeah, right. Oh boy. That would just yeah, set me one. from zero to 60 because you're not actually like, what are you sorry for? You're sorry if you made me right. feel that way. I'm telling you that, that you, did. you did make me yeah. feel that way. So that I'm sorry <laughs> if, if, if you find yourself being the one to say that you really need to have a hard check, that dialogue has to change. I'm sorry that I, I'm sorry that I said this, that, this, that, and that to you. And I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. So when you say this, this statement, I'm sorry you feel that way, this is the socially acceptable way to say, I don't care how you you feel, your reality is wrong. That's right. And it's and it's um, shifting, it's projecting Absolutely. the blame onto the person who actually is feeling these it's things. It's crazy, isn't it? And so if they're feeling like you did that, that's on them. That's not on you for making them feel like that. Right. Oh boy, that's a tough one. So the next one is... You shouldn't feel like that. And right. I guess we, we touched on this. Like, I don't get why you feel like that. <laughs> like in our own relationship. And that was just something that... So when um, you say that to your partner, it tells them that their emotional experience for that situation, for wh yeah. whatever it isn't real or valid. Exactly. And you're denying their truth. Right. This, don't think about it. Just oh get on with it. So if I'm coming to you and I'm stressed out, uh, I'm the type of person that, I mean, I can multitask, but then I get super overwhelmed very quickly. Yeah. And so coming to you and being like, hey, I've got like this deadline. I'm feeling, I'm freaking out. I've got so much on my plate and blah, 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 blah. And then you say a comment like, well, had you just done what <laughs> I suggested, like if had you just done A, B, and C, uh, you wouldn't be in the situation that you're in now. Yeah, just get on with it. Just just get on with it. You know what needs to be done. You have to do it. And so just do it. Yeah. It's like it was the, think of it this way. Say you're a CrossFit trainer or a CrossFit athlete. And you're training, 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 training. You finally made it to the very end where you're going to win the whatever it's going to be just before you compete in the biggest games ever. And you break your leg. And then someone says to you, with all that pain and the inability to move, yep. just get on with it. Just don't even think about it. Don't, don't even, even think, think about, about the pain that you're feeling. Just get on with just it. Just plow through it. And I'm sure many athletes get that. And But does when you say that to someone, does that mean miraculously my leg is now fixed? Right. Well, heck no. It's still the exact same it was. The emotions that were there, the things that, that were there before by you saying this didn't actually help you. Oh, oh, all of a sudden I'm healed. Thank you for bringing that. I am, you know what? I'm relieved yeah. that you said that to me in such a way that oh, what you said just opened up the world to me. And all of a sudden I'm healed deep yeah. down in my heart because you said that exact statement. Boy, am I glad for you. That's yeah. not how that works. That's not. And to bring it to like, a, I just thought of this, to bring it to a spiritual level. Of me going and saying, hey, to someone, um, we're really struggling financially. Yeah. And the response to be, oh, don't even think about that. Don't even focus on that, like positive thinking here. Positive thoughts are going to change your bank account. Like you just need to pray about it. And yes, prayer is super important. But prayer doesn't mean that I'm denying the overwhelming 
anxiety that I might be feeling on, on the fact that we're having financial Absolutely. problems. Absolutely. And our God is a big God and he can carry those things. Exactly. But do you see how, yeah. how well-meaning people, you know, you just need to pray more or you just need to have faith. Okay. I get all of that, except that how I'm feeling in this moment is very real. Right. And it's, and it's not that I'm not having faith. It's that I'm having a moment where I'm having a meltdown. Right. Absolutely. So the next thing is, is I'm not having this discussion. And you touched on this a little bit about the silent treatment. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about the silent treatment. So, oh, the silent treatment. There's nothing more. Mm, how do I say this? I think we're going to have a whole podcast dedicated to narcissistic um, traits because I've just come out of that in my own personal life. So the silent. You're a recovering um, victim. Yes. Of a narcissist. Absolutely. The devastating feelings that come with being ignored. Um, I think in my personal opinion, it is the worst out of all of these. Mm. It's not only am I not important enough to have a feeling about said thing? Now, somehow you've turned that and made it about you. Right. And made it personal when it's not personal at all. And then now you're punishing me for having felt that. And now you're giving me the silent treatment. And unwilling to discuss it now. Exactly. And the silent treatment, you know, you think about... um, those torture tactics uh, oh, yeah, yeah. where they either play loud music or um, there's some kind of like weird white noise going on or whatever, or a solitary confinement mm-hmm. where you're completely isolated. Nobody's talking to you. Nobody's, um, what is it like with your senses? Nobody's, you're sensually or not sensually, but like your senses are deprived. Yep. Yeah, sensory deprivation. Yeah, it's like that very concept. And it sends the person who is the victim into a frenzied state of, I have got to fix this. Right. Because they're mad at me for having these feelings that had nothing to do with them, had something to do with a situation that was not even like pertaining to them at all. And yet somehow I've been made to to the blame. Yeah. I've been made to feel guilty. I've it's called gaslighting. And so it's so toxic. And so the person is like, please, you know, groveling and people pleasing at that perpetrator's feet in order to get a response. The person who's doing the silent treatment knows full well what they're doing. Absolutely. And then they wait long enough. This, uh, the silent treatment, um, because we often encourage couples when they're in, um, anger mode to actually let someone like if one needs to process like between the two of us i want to deal with the the issue up front and quickly That's natalie right. needs time to process That's and right. so we've come to a compromise where i let her process because i'm a bull in a china shop and she needs time to think her way through it and it actually has been super successful well, and, and helped us in our marriage. And that's not at all what we're talking about. No. If we're talking like... Silent if, treatment is like you're doing it on purpose. You were like, oh, I don't like what you said to me. Mm-hmm. And it could very well be about that person. Yeah. But right. they don't want to own their part 
in that particular situation. And so by giving you the silent treatment, it puts it all back on you and they will wait for weeks and months before even, and then it sends you into that place of like, oh my gosh, I need, I need their affirmation. I need to know that, 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 that they're okay with me, that they're not mad at me. And then as soon as you get that response back, it sucks you back into that cycle and it's so vicious and it's so cruel. Right. Um, the silent treatment is a really tough one. I'm not having this discussion. Yeah. This is the fifth I'm leaving and the final. St- and, and again, that whole, I'm going to separate myself because, you know, in our previous podcasts, when we talked about power of words, mm-hmm. I know that I can rip a strip. And so by me removing myself out of that situation, and I, we set a timer for 15 minutes, um, it allows me to process my thoughts and allows me to calm down and really take a hard look at myself so right. that when I come back to the conversation, I am not um, ready to just unleash death with my words, <laughs> right? So, and I appreciate you not doing that. So there's, there's just one statement. Validation is this. It says, I hear you. Yes. I see you. I get it. I care about your feelings. And the importance of this in your relationship, whether or not you're early dating, whether or not you're engaged, you've been married for one year to a hundred years, is that it's important. This importance can't be overstated. These things are so important in your relationship. That's right. And making sure that the words that are coming out of your mouth, name calling is never okay. Never okay. And telling someone that they're crazy for feeling like that is not okay. Right. And so we hope that this particular topic, and like we're just, we're skimming the surface. Right. And just as a final thought, there's two things you can do um, that would help you if you're the invalidator to kind of walk through this. One is take ownership for your actions. Right. Don't blame it on anyone else. No, there's no room for blame. No room for blame. Be transparent with your spouse. This is, I'm sorry, this is what's going on. And the second thing is just stop. Stop in that moment when she or he comes to you and says, hey, this is what I'm feeling. Don't respond immediately. Just listen. Just listen for a minute and make a practice of just stopping for even 30 seconds. And sometimes that's all I needed was to be able to process my way through it. Because most of the time, some of the time, when you're coming to me, it's not about how um, necessarily in that moment, how you're having a feeling about something I've done. Right. But it's about a feeling that that we're dealing with together, whether it's a situation that happened at work or it's a situation with I behave at home. It doesn't matter what the feeling is. We just have to address the feeling and deal with that. That's right. And you can disagree with right. my state of feeling in that moment, but you have to resist the urge to, to, crush, it. to crush it and to right. feel like self-righteous in that moment. Because you're feeling something totally different. Absolutely. So if this is you, there is, I, this was me. Yeah. I did this for a long time. I'm a recovering validator. Invalidator. Invalidator. I'm a recovering, (laughs) I'm I'm a recovering invalidator. Yeah. I have hurt Natalie's feelings many times. And I I said this to her before, but like, I'm sorry about how I was. Aw. I was unpleasant to deal with, even as I think back to all those times. So if this is you, just know that. You can come out of this. Things can change. 
you can have an amazing marriage, That's an right. amazing relationship, and healthy and whole, where you guys have vision together and you have um, prayer and together. Learn a new way. And learn a different way. Yeah. You're not stuck in that pattern that's just right. because that's what you know. That's right. So if you enjoy our podcast, if you like it, it sure does mean a lot when you share it. Mm-hmm. When you let people know about Amplified Marriage, you can follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. And we keep saying this and they keep coming. If you have a topic, yes. a question, or anything you would like to discuss, please email us at amplifiedmarriage at gmail.com. That's right. Remember, you're not alone in this. Absolutely. And as you've heard us say, we believe that marriage can be reset, refreshed, recharged, and restored. Thanks for so much for listening. Talk to you soon.